0: something very specific to push back against a really strong cultural tendency towards dividing the family by age group and sending everybody to their own space and then trying to somehow through that establish a sense of unity. It doesn't work very well. I know there are some real advantages to age-appropriate education and of course we uh, use those tools but we see such great value in occasionally bringing the whole church together and um, trying to just spend time together. It's awkward and clumsy, and there's still people in line getting food, and so they'll just need to come in when they can. And there's always more first time visitors on these uh, first time guests on these Sundays, and I feel like, oh my goodness, they must think this is the weirdest church in the world. Welcome. If this is your first time here, I hope you feel right at home. Our heart behind this really is to try to build a sense of authentic community. We see great value in young people worshiping with older people, older people mentoring young parents. Young parents having people to look to for counsel and advice, and so this is an attempt to sort of make some inroads and spend some time together. So I'm just going to share really briefly, and then we're going to welcome back the Haskins, which I'll tell you about more in just a second, share some things that are happening. We're going to be led into worship with our, by a group of high school students, and, uh, and then we'll wrap it up, all right? So let me say a prayer to begin, and... Um, And just let you know that I'm just grateful that you're here today and hope that ultimately this is a really encouraging morning for you. Lord, thanks for the food. Thanks for your presence with us. Thanks for the gift of family and kids and a really multi-generational community. I'm grateful, Lord, for this time and space and pray that you do something beautiful here among us. May we be reminded of what's important and may we live in light of your love and grace and calling into a real relationship that makes a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great. So yesterday I was at, um, yesterday I was at picture day. I was at soccer picture day, which is crazy. Uh, There are, it seemed like the whole city of Lincoln was at Foskett Ranch Elementary School on the fields, and a huge portion of the city of Lincoln actually was there. There are over 1,300 kids playing soccer in the youth, uh, through the Lincoln Youth Soccer Club this fall so from 8 a.m to 2 p.m at, at 12 bridges elementary five teams every 15 minutes are getting their picture taken And that was just one sport there's all these other sports there's lacrosse tournament happening right now i saw there's all kinds of things that are going on many of the girls on my soccer team are also playing another sport at the same time and so they're coming from a cross-country meet to take pictures for their soccer team or they miss this because they're doing that It's just going crazy. Um, I met a friend of mine who was there. We played baseball together. She's there with her son, and he's rushing away from soccer pictures to go play, to go to football practice. So here's this guy. He plays soccer and football at the same time, and he's seven, seven years old. So my mind, when I'm at things like this, I'm just like, I'm just observing. I'm taking in all kinds of things. I'm trying not to be super judgmental. I'm looking at opportunities to, like, reach in and support people in really practical ways. I'm amazed at some of the dynamics of our culture. All kinds of things are firing in my head. The whole idea of, like, a sports picture day, I think, is super, super interesting. You have thousands of people who all show up at the same time, and the kids look great. They're all dressed for a picture and everybody's got a camera in their own pocket. <laughs> like, everybody could, we could just do this on our own really easily. But we show up, and that feels like a really big deal, to get thousands, literally thousands of people were at this school yesterday. Thousands of people show up for the same purpose, uh, for what feels like, so that's a big deal, and, but the picture, that doesn't feel like that big of a deal to me. So we, it's, it's interesting to me that things, things that maybe aren't a big deal can be turned to become such a huge deal in our culture. So all kinds of things really apparent to me, um, at events like this, and they're apparent to you as well, because we're all, many of us are in this season, back to school, fall sports are beginning, all kinds of things are happening. If you've got seats, raise your hand, because we still have people that need a place to eat their pancakes. Let me just touch on three, three things really quickly that I think are apparent uh, during this season of starting a season and all of the activities that go with it. Uh, first, number one, in, in our culture, kids are just a huge priority. We place a huge priority on our kids. And this is generally true I think across the country. It's especially true in a city like Lincoln where according to the Axiom Youth Center research that I just saw published, there are over 7,000 kids in Lincoln between ages 5 and 17. Over 7 7,063 kids in Lincoln between 5 and 17. That's almost four times the amount of kids who lived in this town when we started Emmaus, this church, 10 years ago. So Lincoln's grown like crazy, and a big significant part of that growth has been families with little kids. This is who is coming here. And so families with little kids put a priority on kids, and that's probably a really good thing. In our culture, kids are a huge priority. Second thing that becomes apparent is that when kids are our priority, we will sacrifice greatly for them. We'll do whatever it takes to help the kids. If you need a piece of equipment, hey, whatever it takes. You got to do like the ninth fundraiser for your class. Hey, whatever it takes, we'll sacrifice. You need to buy matching socks because you're six years old and your soccer team is doing breast cancer awareness month. And you're like, what in the world? We'll all wear pink socks. Great, we'll do whatever it takes, right? It's just this is the way it goes. Our weekend plans just seem to be dictated by our kids or our grandkids' sports activities. They schedule a practice at dinner time. Hey, we'll sacrifice dinner, whatever it takes. If one kid's game is here in Lincoln and my other kid's game is two cities away, then the family just splits up. We, d- we do the impossible. We're in two places at one time because that's what we do. It's a sacrifice, but it's for our kids, so we'll do whatever it takes. I think it's surprising how we've got a game. We've got a game is the excuse that will get you out of anything. It's just generally embraced as an absolutely acceptable excuse. Oh, I'd like to do that, but we've got a game. Oh, that's cool. Somebody asked me recently if I'd help them move, and without even, I checked my schedule. Oh, we got a game. Type back, sorry, we got a game. And they type back to me, they email back, oh, I totally understand. <laughs> and then later in the night, I was thinking about this. Here is a brother of mine. Here is a friend of mine, and he needs to provide shelter for his wife and babies, and I say no because I got a game, <laughs> right? Come on now. Let's get our priorities straight. That's what we do. And then the third thing, let's see, whatever it takes. And then a third thing that becomes apparent to me at things like Soccer Picture Day is that when our kids are a priority, we embrace structure. We embrace structure. Uh, we say we show up. We show up prepared. Um, we say no to things so we can say yes to other things. We're constantly prioritizing. Nobody questions the coach for scheduling practice at the same time in the same place, two, or three nights a week. Nobody says, hey, can we just sort of play soccer when we feel like playing soccer? I love soccer. I'm just not into the organized state of soccer. I'm not into the institutionalized soccer, right? The baseball team I coached in the spring, uh, 11 and 12-year-olds, 13 of them, five dads, we spent over 100 hours together, right? Right? For some of you, that's big. For some of you, like, you spend way more time with a team than that. That's a whole lot of time spent together, um, especially if you only win two games, right? Um, but that's, uh, so it's a lot of structure. Why? Why do we spend, why do we embrace structure so ho- wholeheartedly? Because we want to develop our kids. Because we want to see them grow. We want to see them change. We want to see them learn. We want to see them succeed, right? So there's Nate's cultural observation, which is not especially unique at this, at this point. When kids are our priority, we're willing to embrace sacrifice and structure. We are intentional. That's the key word I hope that you remember today. We are intentional about our kids' growth and our kids' development. So here's my question. If this is how we approach our kids' athletic development, and this is how we approach our kids' musical development, and this is how we approach our kids' academic development, all of which are good things, how should we approach their spiritual development? How should we? And my point is simply this, that we should very intentionally encourage, nurture, support the spiritual development of our kids' souls. Their spiritual development, it ought to be a high priority. And the kids, uh, uh, um, this kind of intentionality has got to be demonstrated. It can't be, I lost some of you right there. It can't be, oh, I, I believe that, I agree, and then we just don't do anything about it because we will get washed along with the current of our culture, which is not prioritizing the development of the soul. So we can't just go, oh yeah, I totally believe that, and not demonstrate that belief, right? It is, it's it's unreasonable to expect, it's it's not reasonable to expect um, growth and improvement in a baseball team without the structure of practices and, inst- and, and instructors and coaches in a period of three or four months. However, great growth can happen in a period of three or four months with the structure of some coaches and some practice. It's unreasonable to expect somebody to grow in their ability to do math without the structure of classes and a good math teacher and the sacrifice of time spent studying. You know this. I'm telling you stuff that you already know. My hope this morning is simply to remind you of something that you do believe in your heart, a priority that you do hold dear, to encourage you, as I also need to be encouraged, to put some action and some intentionality and some creativity and some plans into the spiritual formation of my kids. I can show you on my calendar how I'm going to develop them as athletes in the next four months. It's on my calendar. I can show you on my calendar how I'm going to develop them as students in the next three or four months. It's hitting my calendar, it's hitting my checkbook, or my visa statement, or whatever. It's harder for me to show you how I'm going to intentionally develop my kids' souls in the next three or four months. It shouldn't be. Real turning point, watershed moment in our marriage was when my wife pointed out to me very graciously, very appropriately, that a lot of my creativity was going into the church. Almost none of my creativity was going into my family. Did she think I didn't care about my family? No. No. She was pointing out the fact that I do care about my family, and therefore I ought to structure my life and show some sacrifice in an ability or in an effort to, to nurture and, and um, support the growth of my family. You just got to be intentional about it. So I'm super excited about fall at Emmaus because as I look over the shared life of our community, there has not been a period in the last 10 years, a three or four month period in the last 10 years, where we have been better set up to provide great structure for the formation of families. There are things that are happening. Some have been years in the making that are rolling out in the next few months that really can provide the structure. You need to bring the sacrifice. The structure is established. And together, I think we can really have an intentional season of growth as families in terms of our our soul's development, especially the souls of our children. Let me just end with a couple of uh, specific examples of what I'm talking about. <clears throat> that's the challenge, friends. The loving, I'm in this culture too, I get it, and we both share a common commitment and passion for Jesus and our kids. So let's be intentional about spiritual growth this fall. Um, we want to be a community that's building strong families this fall. Four things that are happening today today. Not that it's all about programs, but hopefully this gives you an opportunity to put something on your calendar that will catalyze more growth. Today at 1230, we're going to eat again because we like to eat. And there's free lunch and there's free child care at the Axiom Youth Center downtown Lincoln. And uh, we're doing Denise Alves, our family director, and I are doing a parent th- Parenting Through Doubt class. It's really great material on the opportunities that exist as for parents as our children enter an age when they begin to doubt the things that they are raised to believe. We see it as a great opportunity. That's today at 1230. Um, Oops, I'm double-clicking. Or we're both clicking. There we go. Um, so OnRamp is a 10-week family formation experience that begins next Sunday. It starts with a 9 a.m. class for parents. And then the kids' ministry is doing this material for the next eight weeks. And then midweek, families share dinner together and go through an experience that is rooted in what they've learned on Sunday. It's called OnRamp. It's eight weeks long. It begins next week. And you need to see Rick Ashy if you're interested. Rick, could you stand up? Look at you. There he is. <laughs> That's awesome. So Rick's the man. He's uh, writing this curriculum as part of a doctoral degree he's doing and a doctorate degree is doing, and um, I'd love for you to consider being a part of this, specifically for families of 4th through 8th graders, those who are kind of, whose kids are leaving the kids' ministry and trying to figure out how to make big church a meaningful experience for them. Um, we have two youth ministries, one for 4th through 8th grade called Ignite, and one called Ember for high school students. Both of these have great teams of adults that support them, And both of these are back in full gear now that summer is done. Both groups, Ignite and Ember, are meeting at the Axiom on Sundays. So, um, Angela, would you stand up? Jackie, that whole, if you're with Ember, stand up. So if you have a high school student and you'd like to ask some questions. That's right. Heather, uh, these folks can answer your questions. I think it's, is it 6 o'clock this fall on Sundays? Great. And then Ignite is our middle school, 4th through 8th. Stand up if you're with the Ignite um, leadership team, Robin Campies. right on, and Carlos and Denise, that's at one o'clock on Sundays, all right, if you've got a student, and then finally home groups begin, we'll have some information about home groups next week, really interesting, um, I'll talk more about Jan in just a second, Jan's been doing some pastoral care for us this summer. And one of the comments at the end of the summer phone call that we had, so how did it go? She said, it was harder than I thought in this regard. Because so many home groups were on summer break, a lot of people weren't getting the care they normally get. That's really interesting, and it says something good about the good stuff that happens in home groups. That is, that this is the first circle of care, support, relational support, financial support, um, compassion. It is the key cellular structure of the church, There are home groups that meet all over Placer County and they'll start again next week and we'll have a lot more information to share with you because we're information heavy today already. Um, But I encourage you to consider being a part of a home group for the fall. Sharing life, sharing dinner and some time as families, maybe with your kids, maybe you're an empty nest couple and you'd like to join a group where they have kids. Believe me, we need some help and some advice. So, all right, great. here's what's next. In case um, in case you don't know, we, we have a, a staff pastor named Sandy Haskins. She's been here seven years. She and her husband, Daryl, and their boys had a summer break, a sabbatical, which was fantastic, I expect. I haven't talked to her yet about it, but I'm assuming it was great, um, and in her absence, so many people stepped up to do some really strong and important work, and I'm going to just do the risky thing and just highlight a few of them because they just went above and beyond um first of all denise alves who is our children's director worked very hard this summer and did a huge amount of work really good stuff and she must still be outside um, helping with the breakfast which was on her plate to to lead this week so would you say thanks to denise with me thanks denise (laughs) Denise oversees uh, children and families and really emphasized the family part this summer. Jan McPherson is on our board and she led our soul care team. So I was checking in with her consistently through the summer and she was doing real support with people who are sick in the hospitals, in homes, going through crisis. Um, Jan, can you stand up? I'm not locating you. There she is. Thank you, Jan. Yeah. Jan, just I just really honor your commitment to caring for people this summer, so thank you. We're a stronger church as a result. There's always so many more needs than, than we even share about, because so many of them are deeply personal and have to do with brokenness, um, and so they're not the kinds of things that people want you to talk about publicly, but uh, thank you for your strong support. Um, Carlos and Robin Campis in the... Weeks leading up to their marriage were just heavy hitters in terms of supporting the work of the church. Would you two stand up and congratulations? Their first Sunday as a married couple. Thank you. Very nice. (laughs) So great. Um, I'm just not going to say anything right now. I'm just going to keep to myself. I wanted to thank uh, Clay and Michelle Rojas. I don't see them today, but they also did some strong support in terms of just coming alongside people. All right, thank you, and thank all of you for uh, the hard work of trying to keep your family healthy, go on vacation, and also support your church community. It's, uh, it's a big commitment, and it's worth it. Daryl, Sandy, would you join me up here? We'll spend just a few more minutes. want to hear from the Haskins. So... We, um, it's really important to us that we pursue spiritual health, holistic health, relational health, health all over the place. And um, part of that commitment is that we, we need our spiritual leaders to be fresh and healthy. You guys can move that around a bit if, those, if they are not in the right spot. So um, at the, as a result of some real visionary leadership, I think, not even on my part. I don't mean to say it like that. Somebody, when we started the church, said, I've been a part of so many unhealthy churches where the pastors are just a disaster. Um, you need to stay healthy. So, I'm going to give your church a bunch of money for a sabbatical fund. And that's all I want you to use it for, is enabling pastors to get a break. Isn't that beautiful? That's the kind of like stewarding your money in a way that makes a lot of sense and makes a huge difference, in my opinion. So, I was able to take a sabbatical with my family a few weeks, a few years ago.
1: Feels like weeks
0: ago. Uh, not really. And, uh, and this is huge. Our first staff, pastor, and family has been able to take a break. So welcome back. Thank
2: you. So good to see you all. <laughs> we really missed you. And um, I even told a few people that I had a dream. I came back early. And Nate sees me and says, what are you doing here? You need to go back. <laughs> So you were on my mind for sure, but we had a wonderful summer. Um, in fact, I, we were talking about it the other day and I said, best summer of my life. Wow. So That's very, great. very thankful. So thankful to so many of you that stepped in and did pastoral care and planning and a lot of the different things that um, we would uh, normally be doing. So thank Fed you so much. Fed yeah. our cats. That's right. Picked us up from the airport or took us to the train station, stuff like that. So super thankful. So we're supposed to talk about these. Yeah, pictures. what I
0: thought would be fun is and, uh, you know, this can just be this can you can take this as deep as you want. And we'll take, you know, five or six, seven minutes for this. But I just have a few images from their Instagram feed. And I'm just going to say what was going on and, and tell us about this. All right. Go so ahead. Here's the. the first one.
1: The boys got out of school on Friday, and at midnight that night, we went to the train station in Sacramento and got on the train and rode 22 hours uh, through the night to Seattle in the sleeper car kind of thing. So that was that was really cool. That was unanimously among our family the f- our most favorite mode of transportation was the train. And really? this is like. A this is like a uh, a club car that has like toward the back. There's all it's all couches and small tables and things like that. And then there's some small, smaller four top tables uh, where we're sitting there, and you we would just bring board games out and sit there and watch. You, you get you see stuff that you don't see as you're driving up I five if you're going to go to Seattle. You're out in the little canyons by rivers and out uh, near the mountains and things like that so we got on the the train went to sleep woke up somewhere in southern oregon and just watched the world roll by slowly and things like that and and then from seattle uh we took another train the next day into vancouver spent some time in vancouver and then made our way back but the the train was really really cool if you ever have Mm. an opportunity to travel cross country on a train in the little sleeper compartment kind of things it's it's so much fun
0: great great so here's my little memory lane effect. Ready? Oh,
1: Memory lane. Yeah, I, I remember when. So this was, m- in my opinion, the most relaxing two weeks of the, of the sabbatical. Not because we got rid of the boys while they were at summer camp. Um, they, were, they were at summer camp during this point for two weeks having a great time. Neither of us had ever spent time on the coast in between Mendocino and Fort Bragg. So we went over there and spent one week on the coast. This is Mendocino. Um, and then the second week while we were at camp, uh, we went to a pastoral retreat center. But this was a great week because we were, we were up in this little cabin that was just on this property. It was like the main house, and we were in this little one-bedroom cabin way up at the end of a dead-end uh, street up the, up the hill, Where it was just quiet. There was Mm. this beautiful meadow that deer were running through in the morning and evening, and um, it was great. Yeah, you wanna do the next one?
0: Super. What's going on here? All right,
2: so this is the cabin that he just talked about. Um, Cabin in the woods, as I like to call it. And uh, we did a lot of Airbnb traveling because you can do it so cheaply, and um, we've had great experiences with it. So this was one that. they have little cute titles for their properties. And this one said, Fields of Gold. And I had to look at that one because the story behind that is when Daryl proposed to me, the song Fields of Gold was playing by Sting, um in the background. So oh. kind of a cool little thing well for our, our week together there in Fort Bragg. So it was a sweet little cabin in the woods and wow. just loved it. That looks
0: so like a little cabin or a very big tree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I had to look hard, but I found a picture of you guys drinking coffee. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we visit a lot of coffee places while we're uh, on this trip. Every city we went into, we would like look up what were the, the good coffee places to go to. Uh, this was one that we particularly enjoyed in Chattanooga. It's called Milk and Honey. Is that right? Yeah, yeah Milk and Honey, and it is a uh, a cafe that also does uh, gelato. That was really really great. Um, so it was a place that had come recommended to us. We went and checked it out, and all the way over in Chattanooga, they're brewing Stumptown coffee from Portland, and on really they just it it was really great. We went there. It was at least two or three times while we were in Chattanooga. In the, we were in the, um, we were staying in a cabin with my parents on uh, Lookout Mountain, right near Ruby Falls, Rock, uh, Rock City, um, right there where Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia all come together. Hmm. And we got to experience a summer thunderstorm that was so awesome. We we're just right on the right on the bluff of Lookout Mountain, and this big huge sun thunderstorm rolled through and real rain. I had to go stand out in the rain because I just hadn't felt it for so long, you know, <laughs> being in California. We went to so many places that were green and beautiful, and then, and then um, it's, it's, it's a good thing that y'all are here, because uh, it's like coming back to Lincoln it's just like, it's brown and hot! <laughs> it's like, let's go back to Portland or Seattle or Vancouver or someplace like that, yeah. but uh, it's, uh, this was a really great, one, one of the very many coffee shops we visited.
2: Um, and just to add, this was our 19th anniversary as oh, well. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Picture, so. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I knew that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I just like this picture. What's this?
1: Okay, this was uh, from the week that we spent um, at uh, Genesee Home, which is near Lake Almanor, Quincy-ish area, so it's not terribly far from here. Um, there's a 1,500-acre working cattle ranch that, uh, that a family owns who lives in the Long Beach area, I believe it is. And when they bought this property, um, there's a Victorian-era home um, on, the, on the property that they wanted to have dedicated to uh, being able to allow pastors and their spouses to come and be refreshed and renewed and things like that. So they spent two years completely renovating this Victorian home. They brought in uh, a couple who have spent, I think it was like 40 plus years in the ministry who have retired out of um, local church ministry now to minister as uh, a resource of of health and rest and restoration for pastors and their spouses who come and spend a week with them. So there's like, it is a forced unplug. There is no cell phone service. There is no wifi, there's no internet, nothing. There is nothing out here. And um, you've got this huge tracts of land to walk and hike. And they have all these amazing, this is one of, a, I just like the old barns and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's tons of old barns to take pictures of and trails to hike. And, and they have everything there that you could ever want to do. They have a, a shed full of bikes that you can just take and, and canoes and water shoes if you didn't bring any. And uh, just a ton of stuff. And they have a cook that comes in and. Makes all your meals for you, and wow. it was amazing. It was amazing. Sounds yeah, amazing. yes. Yeah. If you're in full-time ministry, any of you, you need to go to this place. Wow. Last week.
0: Good. Um, yep, this is our last one. Okay. Brought back memories of uh, of oh, it uh, much college. Up there than it does here. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know you guys went to sure. Chicago until I saw the pictures. So go ahead.
2: Yeah. So one thing that I was so looking forward to for the summer was to connect with my best friend from Biola, uh, Amy Stender, who lives in Chicago. <laughs> and so this was the very first, what? Oh, Amy Stender-Rupsh, that's right, sorry, her married name. Um, anyway, so the first place they took us as soon as they picked us up from the airport was, what's the name of
0: it?
1: Giordano's.
2: Giordano's. And of course we had to have the authentic yes. Chicago-style pizza, which was fantastic.
1: Okay. So this was, uh, this was right, and I don't know if you said this, but you haven't seen Amy in 14 years. Like, the last time you saw her was their wedding day, and then we haven't seen them since then, so we hadn't met any of their kids. So we got to go Chicago, meet them. So this place is right outside uh, O'Hare. No, Midway. We flew into Midway. And um, the planes are you can sit in the restaurant and watch the planes coming in to land on the fence that's just across the street, so they're only a couple hundred feet off the ground as they're mm-hmm. coming in. So every 90 seconds, you, you see a bright orange Southwest plane coming in over this. So that was, that was a lot of fun.
0: Great. Good. Welcome back. We're so glad Good you're dear. here. We uh, can't wait to hear more in conversations in the, next comi- in the few coming months, and uh, we missed you, and we're really glad you're back. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Welcome back. Great to to be back. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. you. All right. We're going to wrap up with um, our youth leading us in worship. So if you would stand up. You know what? There's one other thing here, isn't there? Is this where I do the... uh, It is. So thanks. We have to pay for a few things every once in a while. So uh, we'll pass the baskets around and take the morning offering if you have brought a gift, a financial gift to support the church with, please go ahead and put that in the basket. Also, along the tables are two things. There are communication cards, so if you're new, would like to hand off your your information, you can put those cards in these baskets. Also, there's the Children's Chatter, which is a greenish newsletter um, with some important information for parents and some places for kids to, uh, to scribble on and write stuff, which I should have pointed out a while ago. So as the, as the band sets up, we will um, go ahead and receive the offering. Thank you for your strong support. May we as a church make a big difference in this town and beyond. Amen.